Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, you can be seated this morning. We're glad you're here. We welcome all of you. And we're just excited about what the Lord is doing in this house. I don't know about you, but I, I feel the presence of the Lord here today. And... Uh, just tremendous presence of God. We welcome all of you. In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. I honestly believe that. And we're in this series. We're going to continue this series uh, on born identity. And again, it's a play on words for some of you that may be familiar with the movie Born Identity. It's about a particular guy by the name of uh, Jason Bourne, and he's he's a CIA operative, and he gets amnesia. He forgets who he is, and he finds out that uh, he's this operative. People are after him. He doesn't know why. And then uh, he discovers that his real name is David Webb, and he goes about, once he finds out who he really is, he doesn't want to be that person, that CIA operative any longer. And so he wants to establish a new identity or a new character about him. And he goes about trying to set things right. And when we talk about that, I wonder all of us today, are you happy with who you are? And uh, when you see yourself, who do you see? And what can be changed? And I, I believe there's a lot of things in our lives today that God can help us when it comes to our identity. And our theme scripture has been out of Psalms 139, verse 14. And I'm going to read it to you, and then we're going to pray. It says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. When my bones were formed, carefully put together in my mother's womb, when I was growing there in secret, you knew that I was there. You saw me before I was even born. It said, the days allotted to me had all been recorded in your book, before any of them ever began. So God saw us. We were in the womb. We were right there. God was forming us. He already had our destiny laid out. So let's pray as we dive into this message today. So Father, we thank you for the word of God. I thank you for every person in this building today. Whatever state of mind they're in, wherever they're at spiritually, wherever, wherever they're at in their hearts and lives, I just pray that the word of God would speak into their situation. I pray, God, your word would come alive because your word is relevant in 2022. God, it applies to every facet of our lives. So, God, remove every distraction, every hindrance. And God, open our hearts and minds to your word. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit as I declare your word today and let the people hear the voice behind the voice. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, this morning I want to talk about something that all of us are familiar with when it comes to things happening in our lives and how they affect our identity. Sooner or later, everyone here is going to experience some kind of failure. There are some here today, maybe you've experienced more success than you have failure, but failure is something that is universal. Mistakes, failures are the price for a full life that you have to pay 
in order to learn from them. How many understand that we learn from our failures? There are times in our lives today that we have to come to a place where we learn, but believe it or not, hell, all of hell, the demons of hell are trying to incapacitate us or trying to stop us from being all that God wants us to be. In fact, the devil wants to use our failures to mock us, to get us to look at our lives over and over and say, you know what, you'll never be transformed from your mistakes. But I'm here to tell you that heaven can transform your life. And failure should not become a prison. It should not become a prison house or you should never become a hostage the rest of your life to your failure. That is not the voice of God. That is not the will of God. Uh, when you look in Scripture, you can find today that failures are something that is universal. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, many of us today, we think that our failures are final. And the enemy uses that to, to try to get you to live in the past and God try to drown you in the mistakes that you've lived or the mistakes that you've done. So I'm here to tell you, your failures do not define you. I said your failures do not define you. If you're looking for a title today, I'm here to give you that title, your failures do not define you. In fact, the book of Micah says, rejoice not over me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I will rise again. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be light to me. And I want to just tell you today, when it seems like the enemy has overwhelmed you, I want to be very clear, you might have failed, but you're not a failure. You might have made a mistake, but you're not one. Can you say amen? You may be down, but it's not your destiny. And so I want to be very clear today that there is something called a resurrection, that God can resurrect us out of our failures, out of our mistakes. And if you keep allowing your failure and allow others to call you a failure, then many of us today, it's going. if we say it to ourselves long enough, it stops us and we're no longer describing our past, but we're describing our future. And so God wants us to get beyond the mistakes and the failures. Otherwise, your failure becomes your identity. And I want to talk to you today because all of us have some personal failures. And I want to talk about some of those personal failures. And again, your failures do not define you. But truthfully, if we're not careful, they begin to get a grip on us. And some of us are living in the vice grip of our failures, of things that we've done. Do you realize that probably some of the greatest people in history started out uh, where they failed, and they had some failures in their life? They made mistakes. <clears throat> Excuse me. They made mistakes. I'm thinking about a guy by the name of Walt Disney. How many have ever heard of him? They said when Walt Disney, he was fired... Uh, early in his career because they said that he lacked cre creativity and yet he became the greatest graphic artist in history. Babe Ruth set the major league record in strikeouts for five consecutive strikeouts in the World Series yet he became one of the best uh, baseball players that ever lived. 
You think about Michael Jordan at the age of 15, he, as a sophomore, he didn't make it on the varsity team, and he was assigned the junior varsity. He cried because he didn't make the team, but later on, he became one of the greatest NBA players that we know. We know in Scripture, there have been many people in Scripture. Moses was a murderer. He was a fugitive, and yet God chose this particular guy to free the people of God from slavery. King David committed adultery. He ended up killing or having her husband murdered, and yet he became a man after God's own heart. Peter was one of the disciples of Jesus, and he told Jesus, you know what? I'll die for you. I'll go to prison for you. And we know that he uh, uh, basically denied the Lord three times, but later he was the first one to preach the gospel, and 3,000 people got saved over and over in Scripture. We can see where people have made mistakes, people have committed some failure in their life, but they're not one. So failure is something we will all experience. It doesn't discriminate whether you're wealthy. Uh, It doesn't discriminate what your education is, what your influence is. Uh, Failure will come in many forms. You'll have vocational failures. You'll have relational failures. Uh, You'll have physical failures. You'll even have spiritual failures. And when any of these happen in our lives, we can feel that our fail or that the things that we failed in become us and they become our identity. And I want you to realize failure is an event, not a person. We say a, a, a whole lot around here and I want to remind you that failure is an event. It is not a person. You may have failed, but you're not a failure. Can you say amen? And your response to failure determines, listen to me, it determines who you're going to become as a person, but more importantly, what you become in Christ. See, God has great destiny, but if you allow your failure to get in the way, you're not going to be all that God's called you to be. And I'm here to tell you today, there are people who have failed in Scripture that have risen again, and they've become great, awesome people. There are people in this room that have failed. You're looking at one today, and yet God can still use this today. So don't let your failure be final. I said, don't let your failure be final. <clears throat> There are people that have failed and have kept them down, and they only have become a shadow of what they could have been because they've allowed this failure to get inside of them. If you allow yourself, or if you allow these failures to become your life, instead of failing forward, you're failing backwards. There's a book I recommend, and I've, I've said it before, I've read it years ago, it really helped me in my walk with God. Early in when I was pastoring, when uh, there was all kinds of things that weren't working, and I, I didn't see, uh, you know, there was a lot of things that weren't happening in our ministry, and I remember reading this book called Failing Forward. I go, how do you fail forward? And he talks about how you learn from your mistakes, how your failures can be stepping stones to your success. And I remember reading that, and I was so encouraged, and so instead of failing backwards, you need to fail forward. Failure happens to all of us. How many can say amen? And not only that, we know that the world is watching us. We know that people are watching us. And our response to our failure is going to determine the path we're going to take. It's going to determine your spiritual growth. And it's going to determine your identity. Let me take a drink of this tea here. Because I've been 
dealing with a cough, but don't get scared, okay? All of a sudden, well, you're coughing? What's going on? I don't know what happened here. I got a bit of a sore throat. But uh, we're going to probably look at one of the most frustrating characters in the Bible. Honestly, when, uh, of all the Bible characters, uh, this is, he's probably one of the most frustrating characters because you just, I just don't get the guy. But as we begin to look, we're going to find out we're a lot like this guy. And uh, I'm going to talk about one of the Bible heroes. In fact, he's found in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 as a Bible hero, hero. And many of us may not consider him that. But yet he is one that is mentioned among uh, Abraham and King David and all these great men of God. And I'm going to talk about a man by the name of Samson. And Samson was actually called by God. He was to be set apart by God. He was given this supernatural strength. Okay, a lot of people picture Samson as being very strong and, you know, looking like me, but not quite like that. Uh, he, he wasn't buffed out and all of that, you know, everything. He didn't have all that. He was just a regular guy, but he did have this supernatural strength about him. There was an anointing of God. And really, the reason why God gave him this supernatural strength is he was going to become the deliverer of Israel. Basically, he was going to eliminate uh, the enemies of Israel, which were the Philistines. These were the bad guys. And God had given him this supernatural strength, given him all this power. But when we begin to read about his life, he messed up again and again and again. Sound familiar? He messed up his life. It's incredible, it's incredible to me how much he was a strong man but yet he was weak when it came to, to his will, when it came to making decisions. And he broke God's vows over and over and over. He chased after the wrong women. He drank the wrong stuff, drank things he shouldn't have drank, touched things he shouldn't have touched, got a bad haircut. That messed him up. And we, we look all over all of these things that happened in his life. He was very emotional. And uh, he let his emotion drive him instead of the spirit of God. And the problem with a lot of us, believe it or not, sometimes we let our emotion drive us rather than the spirit of God. I don't know one in here. I'm just saying most people, how many know, don't ruin their lives one, you know, just all at once. But we do it one, one step at a time. And so this is uh, Moses' life. One step at a time or Moses, Samson's life, wrong guy, Samson's life, one step at a time, he's ruining his life. And yet, Samson blew it big time. I mean, there are moments where he just really made some bad calls, and I'm going to pick up the story here where he is now a prisoner, and he is now blinded, and they've gouged out his eyes, the scripture says, Basically, if you know the story, the Bible says that when he finally gave up the secret of his strength, the cutting of his hair, that he became very weak. And the Bible says that the Philistines were able to gouge out his eye. Many scholars say they burned him and then they just, they just uh, took out the rest. And he's in shackles and he's actually grinding and he's fastened to this big wooden grind. Normally it would be an ox, but they got him doing it. I think I have a, a picture there that we kind of put there so that you can kind of see it. Uh, hopefully it will come up. There it is. He's kind of grinding there. I think they need to put a pamper on that kid over here. But anyway, they, 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 I think it went up a little bit. But anyway, but here we go. I want you to focus on this guy though, okay? But anyway, he, he's grinding. He's carrying, he's carrying that thing around, you know, and he's grinding the mill 
which would be the oxen, okay? And so they're calling him names. They're mocking him. You can take it down. They're looking at the kid now. They're mocking him, all these things. So, so it raises the question, you know, what do you do when you realize that you've blown it? What do you do when you realize that you've made, made a mistake? When you look at Samson, he feels, I mean, he's blind, he's bound, he feels like a failure. What do you do when you realize you wasted all of your years when God has gifted you, when God has favored you, and you've blown it, and you can't undo it? You're embarrassed. Can you imagine the shame? This guy was super strong. God created him to, with his super strength, and yet he is uh, walking around in failure now. He's, uh, he's doing a job of an animal, grinding this wheat. Uh, their people are mocking him, talking about him. And I'm going to be honest with you. When it comes to failure, especially with men, I'm not saying that women don't feel it as well, but men, men, when we, feel, when we get failure in our life, it devastates us. Because women are different. You know, women are not, they're not they, they don't thrive on accomplishment. More women more thrive on relationship. How many of you ladies can say that's true? You can say that's true. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I mean, we like, we like our friends, right? You, ladies like their friends. They, they like to hug, you know, if you don't text them in 72 seconds. You know, what happened? You know, I thought we were BFF and all this stuff, and we're, you know, what happened, and, you know, and so they, it's all about relationship, you know, it's all, do you love me, I love you, it's hug, you know, let's go to the bathroom together, and let's see how many other women will go to the bathroom, and, you know, two hours later, we don't know what happened, and, and it's the bathroom, you know, it's, I, I don't know how that works, and guys, they're different, guys, we get our value not so much out of relationship, uh, but out of our accomplishment. We like to be liked, but that's not everything to us. We, we, our relationship comes from our accomplishments. How do we measure up? Did we do good? Did we win? Did we conquer? Did we finish right? All of that. And, and so guys, for us, uh, you, know, it, it, we don't, you know, it would be weird when you trust, you, you, you got to good, you don't tell guys, hey, let's go to the bathroom together. You don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't work. Go, go to the bathroom with you. What's that? In fact, I'll be honest, when men go to the restroom, we don't really look at each other. We look at the wall. It's just, it's just like an unwritten rule. You don't, you don't look at each other in the restroom. You say, hey, what's up, bro? You're looking at the wall. You don't look at each other. That's not how it works. And we're, we're guys, we're just different. And so here's the thing about when it comes to men, though. The greatest fear that men have is failure. And, and what happens is uh, the greatest fear is failure, and, and it is the greatest regret in a man's life. And so when it comes to failure, that is a man's greatest fear because men want to measure up. They're men that want to accomplish. And most men, you'll find their, their greatest fear and their greatest failure, they live in regret. I could have. I should have. Why didn't I do this? And they're frustrated. I've talked to men. They're frustrated. They're, they're, they're working paycheck to paycheck. And some of their friends are doing better than they are. And so it really gets to them. It could come even to a point where they're married, you know, and, and they're living in regret or they're no longer married because they knew they didn't treat their wife right. They didn't do what was right. And they know that their marriage isn't doing good. So all of these different things, and it happens vice versa with women as well. And so here's when it comes to failure, when it comes to dealing with failure, I want to just tell you this. Many times it can be outward, but it also can be inward. 
And I just want to just tell you this way because there's an outward failure and there's an inward that gets inside of us. And when we think about it over and over, one of our biggest sins or one of the things that we, we think, man, we, we fell, we messed up, we think our sins are so big, but how many know there's no sin that the grace of God can't cover? Can you say amen? And when you think about how men look at things and how women look at things and how we can begin to operate in, 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 in the way we look at the man, am I going to be able to get past my failure? And again, it's not what you've done, okay? Your failure is not who you are. It doesn't define you. And so we got to begin to change our mindset and begin to change how we look at things because the enemy will begin to get you into a place. He tries very, very hard to personalize your sin and says your sin is who you are. You're failed, you're a failure. Are you hearing me? You messed up, that's who you are. And how many know the Holy Spirit says, says in the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says uh, those that are in Christ are a new person, old things passed away, and behold, everything becomes new. Can you say amen? So God is telling us over and over in scripture that he's given us a new identity, but if we're not careful, we begin to fall back to our failures and to our mistakes. And I want to say it again, failure is an event not a person. And when we look at Samson's life, again, he failed over and over and over again. He repeatedly uh, began to fail. He repeatedly did the wrong things. And I just want to just say to you, how would you feel if you're trying to do right, but you keep failing over and over again? And this is really Samson's life. We look at, he's at a place here in Judges chapter 16, verse 23, he is now, he's blind, he's bound, he's weak, and now they're bringing him into the temple of the Philistines where they worship their God, and this is what the Bible said, this is humiliation. The Bible said they're all assembled there, Judges chapter 16, verse 23, it said, now the rulers of the, uh, of the Philistines, it said, they assembled to offer a great uh, sacrifice to Dagon, or Dagon, their God, and celebrate saying, our God Dagon has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. So they're doing what we do here. We're praising God for the victory. Well, they're praising Dagon for Samson. And they're all worshiping. I mean, this place is gathered. This arena that they're in, it's more like a coliseum. And in fact, if you begin to read the, the scriptures there, you'll find that there were up to three to 5,000 people that were gathered there, and they were worshiping their god, Dagon, and they were praising Dagon for the fact that they now have this Samson who was super strong, strong and who was their enemy, and now they have him bound, and Dagon is really a man-fish god. He's like, not a mermaid, but what do they call him? A merman. So I don't know about you, but man, I, I like the God we serve. He's not a merman. So somehow they're saying, praise God for the fish God man. I don't know how they're praising this fish God man, but they are. And so they're, they're praising the merman for Samson. And so the Bible said when the people saw, verse 24, when they saw Samson, they praised their God, saying, our God has delivered our enemy 
into our hands the one who had laid waste our land. It said the one who had laced our land. Now what they're talking about there, it, it, they're talking about the time when Samson had tied all the, all the foxes' tails together and they had put a, 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 he had put a torch between them and he had sent the foxes into their harvest and it burned up all their harvest. That's where we get tail lights from. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, that, they put the lights in the tail. And, and I don't know if you have a picture of that. I kind of, I can, you can, I don't know. How, how do you get 150 pairs of these? And he put, basically put a, a flame there. You can, you can t- take it off now. But anyway, uh, and he sent them through. And then it says that he, he, uh, he basically laid waste our land, it said the scripture said, verse 24, and he multiplied our slain. Do you guys remember when he took the, uh, the jawbone of a donkey? And with the jawbone of a donkey, he killed a thousand men. That's what they're talking about. This guy did all this stuff to us. And then in verse 25, this is what they were saying. Well, they were in high spirits. I mean, they were excited. They were, they were singing. They were shouting. It said, bring out Samson to us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he said, the, and he performed for them. In other words, it was comedy hour at the expense of Samson. They were saying, bring him out so we can get our last laugh, so we can just laugh at this guy. Could you imagine you're being mocked? You were supposed to be this anointed man of God. You were supposed to be the, the favor of God on you, and you're 100% completely walking the hall of shame. He has failed massively. And our response to failure has everything to do with what's going to happen in our identity in our life. Let me just tell you, there's a couple of things that need to be happening. When we feel failures, there's two things that, there's two responses that we could have. The first one is remorse. And what remorse means is we feel bad for what we did. The problem with that is most people stop there and they camp there. They just stay there. They never move on from remorse. They always feel bad about what they did. I'm a bad person. I'm a horrible person. I'm no good. I'm the worst person in the world. I don't deserve to live. I have no future. I hate myself. And it turns into their identity. Their remorse becomes who they are. And they just feel bad. And I've said this before. You begin to give a false narrative about who you are, and it becomes your identity. I'm no good. I'm a failure. I'm no good. And, and so it all becomes this inward thing that you, you feel bad. Then, 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 then after it, you feel bad about what you've done, then it even turns outward. You start blaming others. Yeah, if this person wouldn't have did this to me, if that person wouldn't have did that to me, this wouldn't have happened. And you can see it even in Samson's life. He's blaming people, you know, and, and he's all mad. Even, you know, he could have blamed Delilah. We know the story of Delilah. And, and he said, it was you, Delilah. And when I heard that song by the Pointer Sisters, Romeo and Juliet, Samson and Delilah, fire, you messed me up when you did that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, he could have said all of this stuff. And he could have blamed her. He could have blamed Delilah. He could have blamed all the stuff that happened. And so what happens is remorse gets so deep that we just say, I'm a loser. I'm no good. But if we stay there, you're never going to have transformation. So it shouldn't just be remorse. It should lead from remorse to repentance. Did you hear me? 
There needs to be repentance. Yes, I blew it. Yes, I take responsibility for what happened, but I'm not going to stay here. Most people stay there, and it ruins the rest of their life. You've got to take the next step, and that's repentance. I said repentance will change your life. It will transform you. And repentance, what the word repentance means, the word re means to turn, and pent means higher. So we're supposed to turn from our lower sinful ways and turn to God's higher ways. Can you say amen? It's basically making a 180 degree transformation or turn and saying, God, I'm not going to go there. Probably one of the greatest stories that I like of someone who was transformed. I won't go really deep in it, but it's a woman by the name of Rahab who over six, seven times in the Bible was regarded as Rahab the prostitute. And this woman was a prostitute, and the scripture says, uh, but something got a hold of her when these people, uh, when the Israelites came to, to, to that place where they were at, and she said, hey, you know, to Jericho, and she said she let these uh, spies in, and she said, I'll keep you here because I've heard about your God. And the Bible said this woman, this Rahab, this harlot, and let me just tell you something, she was not just, uh, she was not a respectable Harlot. Now, what I mean by that is you had the harlots that were in the temple and you had the harlots that were in the street. The harlots in the street get chased by the cops. You know what I'm talking about? Bad girl, bad girl. Amen. What you going to do when they come for you? That kind of person. She was that kind of a person. But an amazing thing happens in her life. She, she becomes not only the savior of these two spies, but basically, because of her intel, and she saved these spies, she saved the whole nation of Israel. But later on, she becomes the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus Christ. Isn't that a powerful story? So I'm here to tell you today, don't let anyone put you in a box. Don't let your failure put you in a box. At one time or another, we're all going to fail. I said, we're all going to fail. I don't know, do, did, were we able to load up that video? I want to show them that, that failure, my own personal failure. You guys, did, were we able to do that? Yes or no? Okay, show it. That's me right there, taking a picture, trying to sell stuff on OfferUp. There I am. Boom, look at that guy. What a failure. Play it cool. Show that one more time. Show it one more time. You'll see me look over to my neighbor's house, make sure he's not looking after watch. You'll see. Ah! <laughs> I'll look over over look at. Taking a glance over there. Trying to be cool. Like I meant, I meant to do it. That was, that was failure in style. You see that? Even your pastor will fail now and then. Don't give out that video, whatever you do, okay? All of us at one point or another, we're going to fail. At one point or another, we're going to mess up. Amen. And people will even laugh at you just like you guys laughed at me. You got to be able to laugh it off, shake it off, look around, go right back to what you're doing. See what I'm saying? We're all, we're all, we're all going to be there. So, so all of us are going to make those mistakes. I don't even know why I showed you that. But here, here we are. 
And so, so here is Samson. He is the entertainment for the enemy. He's entertainment for them. They, they are glorifying their God for him being blind, for him being bound. And here's what the enemy will do to stop you. He will always do all kinds of things to hinder you. He will always mock you in your failure to keep you in your failure. But here's what I love about the grace of God. And here's what I love about Samson, that he finally realizes, you know what? I've messed up. And the Bible said in verse 25, when he stood, when they stood him among the pillars, he's looking against the pillars. They put, he said, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so I can lean against them. And look at what he prays here. And Samson prayed the Lord. He said, pray, uh, Samson prayed the Lord, O sovereign Lord, remember me, he says, O God. Please strengthen me, O God. Please strengthen me what? Just one more time. Sometimes when we've blown it a thousand times, all we need is just one more chance. Can you say amen? He said, God, just one more time. I mean, this man is completely broken. He's broken. And I believe at this point, he's come to a spiritual place in his life where he's crossed over to another place now. He's, in a, he's crossed the line. And he says, you know what, God? I'm all in now. And for the first time in his life, I think at that point, he began to say, it's not about me, God, anymore. It's about you. I'm no longer the main character in the story. You are. Finally, when you see, when you step over the line of Christianity where it's not about you anymore, you, you're going to another place in your walk with God. But when it's still about you and your fame and everything, you know what? It, it, you, you, you haven't crossed the line yet. And something happened here. He moved forward. It's no longer me. I'm no longer the main character. It's no longer about what I think and what I feel. And I believe he had this private moment with God. And he said, just one more time, God. Give me that strength, Lord. Just one more time. I've been a failure. I've messed up. I didn't accomplish everything that you want me to do. But God, I need your strength just one more time. Verse 29, then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against him, his right hand on this one and his left hand on the other. And Samson said, let me die with these Philistines. Then he pushed with all of his might. Could you imagine two pillars? And it came down, and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus, he killed many more when he died than when he lived. So when he pushed the pillars and he asked God for strength, Everything came crumbling down, and it destroyed his enemies. Basically, Samson was giving his life for the children of Israel because he knew once they got rid of him that the children of Israel were going to be persecuted and under the oppression of the Philistine from that point on. But he said, God, I'll give my life right now. Let's destroy them all out. And from that point, he, he's willing to give his life for all of these people. And he's willing. And finally, he said, God, it's not about me anymore. Just one more time. And how many of us today, we need to push some pillars down in our own life. Can you say amen? There are some things today that you need to push down in your life. 
There's some things that have happened to you that you need to begin to tell God, God, I, I need to push some of these pillars down in my own life. Lord, I need to stop lying. I need to stop doing this. I need to admit where I'm at. Somebody say amen. Because there's a lot of us today, we've messed up. There's a lot of us today, we've made, you know, we, for years, we've been doing things. That we've been in a cycle and not in a season. Can you say amen? And maybe, maybe that pillar could be pride. Maybe that pillar could be you have some fear. Maybe that pillar could be some failures in your life. Maybe you're addicted to something. Maybe for some of you guys, it's anger. Maybe for some of you guys today, it's that pride that's got a hold of you. And the only way you're going to be able to get those pillars down is you got to be willing to repent. Number one, you have to recognize it. You know what the steps of repentance are? Admitting you've done wrong, confessing it to someone, and then turning from it. Can you say amen? There's a lot of us today, you need to really confess it to someone. Maybe, you, maybe it, you, you need to confess it to your wife. Maybe you need to confess it to some of your connect leaders or your connect group and say, you know what, I need some help in this area. I keep doing this over and over. I need some help. I, I, I'm dealing with these problems. I'm not good financially. Uh, I'm not good in what I'm doing right now. I'm not good at managing this. I keep going over here and doing this. I need to stop being a, a now and then Sunday attender. I need to be more committed. I need to stop making excuses over and over. I need to stop pretending. I need some help in my marriage. I've got some pillars in my life, and I, I don't want to keep those things hindering me over and over. The Bible says uh, a righteous man may fall seven times, but then he'll rise again. Can you say amen? God's looking for some people right now. He's looking for some men and women right now that will be willing to, to tear down some pillars. Now, here's what I want to end right here. Samson gave his life. That one time, the Bible says he prayed, and he gave his life. And, you know, if you've been in Sunday school, your children will say, oh, yeah, Samson, you know, at the end, uh, all the pillars came down, and hurrah, he was, it was awesome. But can I just tell you something? What Samson did was easy. And you may say, how was that easy, Pastor? It was easy. I'll tell you why. Because Samson gave his life one time. I want to just tell you today, the heroes in this room, the real men in this room, are men that don't die one time, but they die daily. Every day, you die to yourself. Every day, you die to your self-will. Every day, you give your life to Christ. Every day, you give your life to your family. Every day, you give your life to your marriage. It's a daily thing. It's not the pillars just going one down one time in your life. Every day, pillars are going down. Every day you're living in repentance. Great men are great repenters. I said great men are great repenters. I pray for the day that the altar would just be filled with men that will repent. Most of the time our altars are filled with women. But where are the men at? Great men are great repenters. They're willing to come to the altar. They're willing to say, man, I've got issues. I've got things. I've got nothing to hide here. I've got some pillars to tear down. I, I, got, I, I, I got a funeral today. Amen. It's my funeral. It, it, I'm going to die to myself. Somebody say amen. It's time that the pillars go down. Friend, unless it does, your failure will become who you are.
So let's begin to destroy some pillars and say, I'm not going to live and I'm not going to be a failure. I'm going to live above my failure. Can you say amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the grace of God. We thank you, God, today that you're so good, that you're a God of mercy, that, Lord, despite our failures, despite our mistakes, despite our bad choices, you're a God that shows us mercy, that, God, we may have failed, but we're not a failure. We may have made a mistake, God, but we're not one. And so, God, today, we're not going to let our failures define us. But, God, we're going to be who you called us to be. Whoever is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away, and behold, everything becomes new. So everything, God, our failures, our mistakes, our bad choices, God, you wipe them away. The Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll reach across this building right now because, God, in this room, there's some failures. We all have failed. In fact, the Bible says, with every head bowed, every eye closed, we all have sinned, and we fall short of the glory of God. In other words, the Bible says we're all sinners. We've all made the mistakes. We've all made, we've all sinned. We fall short of God's glory. We can't, we, we're not good enough to make it into heaven on our own. The Bible said the wages of our sin is death. The Bible said we deserve death because of our sin. But this is what it says. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so today, we deserve death. Our failures define us when we're without Christ. But man, when Christ comes in our life, he removes everything. He removes our failure, our sin, and he makes us a new person. So if you're in this room today... You have failed. There's no doubt. We all have sinned. And it's disconnected you from God. And today I pray that if you'll be honest with yourself, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, you'll be honest with God and say, Pastor, I need Christ in my life today. I need that pillar of sin to be removed in my life. I, I, need, I need the Lord in my life. I've made some mistakes. Don't make the mistake of not receiving Jesus in your life. Don't, don't make the same mistake again. Don't leave this room without Christ in your life. Don't make the same. Don't repeat it over and over. You come to church, but you never get right with God. Today's your day. God's reaching out to you. If you'll be honest with yourself. We're talking about honesty today. Be honest with yourself. You're not fooling no one. I mean, you may fool us, but you don't fool God. But I'm telling you today, if you're in this room, God loves you. Don't matter if you're a man or woman, how old, how young you are. God's reaching out his love your sin isn't too great that he can't forgive you you're not too far that he can't reach you so if you're in this room right now you be honest with God say you know what I need the Lord in my life I need Jesus in my life today whoever you are right now you'd raise your hand say pastor would you pray for me I need the Lord in my life God bless you young man God bless you who else anybody else anybody else right now you said that's me you're not gonna be by yourself we're not here to shame you. I'm not here to embarrass anyone. Somebody else over here, God bless you. Who else? Anybody else right now? You'd raise your hand. I want to pray for you today. I don't want you to leave the same way you walked in. And again, I'm not here to blame anybody. I'm not here to shame you or embarrass you. I want to pray with you today. I'd be honored to pray with you today. So if that's you, you say, Pastor, I need God in my life. 
whether you're a man or woman, doesn't matter today. You need the Lord in your life today. Raise your hand real quick. Say, that's me. That's me. I need Jesus in my life. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you, brother. Who else? Who else? I need Jesus in my life. I just feel there's some more people here. You just need to be honest with yourself. Say, that's me. I need God in my life. I need God in my life today. Don't make the same mistake over and over. Say, you know, I need to get ready. I'm not ready right now. You know, another time. Don't do that. Your time's right now. Today's the day of salvation, the Bible says. Now is the acceptable time is what the Word of God says. Not tomorrow, right now. So whoever you are, just raise your hand if you haven't already. So that's me, Pastor. You're talking to me. That's, you're talking to me. Just raise your hand real quick. Maybe you were once walking with God, but you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You know you're not walking with God right now. You're far from God. But today you need to rededicate your life. Raise your hand. Raise your hand right now. We want to pray for you. Is there anybody else right now? You be honest with yourself, honest with God. And say, I need to rededicate my life to Jesus today. Raise your hand. We want to pray for you. God bless you. We want to pray. Why don't we all stand together? If you, if you raise your hand, I know this gentleman right here did. Somebody else over here, our brother here. Would you guys come right here? Here you go. Somebody come with this young man here. Come on. God bless you guys. God bless you, bro. Anybody else want to come? God bless you, brother. Amen. God bless you, man. Anybody else want to come? That's me. I, I, I need to be down here right now. Whoever, maybe you didn't raise your hand. But you said, man, I need to be down here right now. I need to be down. Come, I'll, ma- I'll make room for you. I'll wait for you right now. Make your way down here. We'll pray with you. Is there anybody else in this house right now, in this room? And you said, that's me. That's me. We're going to pray. We're going to pray with you guys right here. Why don't we all pray together? Amen. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to give you the words to this prayer. But it's not the prayer that saves you. It's the attitude of your heart. And so I want you to say this prayer with all your heart. And just say it out loud. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus... I believe you died for me and you rose again. I ask you, Lord, come in my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. Make me a new person. From this day forward, I will serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray for them. Father, I thank you for these men that came forward today. I pray, God, that your spirit, your grace, the forgiveness of God over them right now, in Jesus' name, you would fill their heart, fill their mind with the presence of the Holy Spirit. How many of us today, you're out there, they continue to pray, say, I I need to tear down some pillars. I think there's some pillars that need to come down in my life. There's some things that I need to repent from. There's some areas in my life today that, you know, I've been making the same mistake. Maybe you feel like a failure and you've allowed your failure to define you. And you're walking around and living in the past and it's affecting your future. We've all made mistakes. We've all done some things we regret. We can all look back and say, we can't undo them. But I'm here to tell you, God can forgive us. And we can get a fresh start. Some of you men today, you keep repeating the same old thing over and over. It's time to get it right with God. I'm going to open the altar today. Why don't you come? Why don't you come right now? Just make your way down here and say, man, that's me. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. This is where repentance, this is where transformation takes place. 
This is where our lives get transformed. This is where our hearts get right with God. This is the place, especially some of you men today, come. And this is the place right now. Say, I'm going to get right with God. I'm, I'm going to let God work in my life today. I'm going to have these pillars. I'm going to let God get rid of these pillars in my life that are hindering me. Let's pray right now. Let's begin to pray. They're going to lead us in worship. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.